Well, this Sunday is the third Sunday in June. It's the Sunday that we, as a nation, set apart to, um, to honor fathers. And for the United States, I looked it up, it began exactly 50 years ago. 1966, Lyndon B. Johnson signed a, uh, uh, a presidential proclamation saying that the third Sunday in June for the United States would be set aside as Father's Day. And six years later, President um, Richard Nixon in 1972 made it a permanent holiday. Now, of course, honoring fathers goes back more than 50 years ago. In fact, when you trace things through in America, it actually begins with Mother's Day, which began in the late 1800s. And uh, in the, by the time it was established as a... As a uh, official holiday in the early 1900s, there was a, a woman who, her name was Sonora Smart Dodd, who heard, heard this sermon about honoring mothers in 1910, and, and she didn't have a mother, but she had a father, and she, along with her five siblings, were raised by her father, a former Civil War veteran, um, William Jackson Smart, and so hearing this message about Mother's Day, and she didn't have a mother, she just had a dad, she went to her pastor and said, hey, could we do this for fathers rather than just for mothers? And, and sought to have a, the day as that as well. Well, that was in May, and they, they took some time. And, and in June, I think it was June 19th, 1910, a Father's Day celebration was held in Spokane, Washington, which really launched the movement that caused, whatever, 50 years later, uh, the presidential declaration that would be officially recognized by the United States. And today, I looked, almost every nation on the planet has a special day that they mark as Father's Day. Now, here in uh, the United States, it's the third Sunday in June. Uh, Other places have specific June dates. Other places are all over the board. But almost every nation has uh, a Father's Day. But of course, honoring fathers goes back further than the 1900s. Uh, In fact, such a thought can be traced back to Moses 3,500 years ago. In the days of Moses, when he came down from Mount Sinai, he told the nation of Israel the fifth commandment, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You need to remember that. That's five. This is father and mother in sign language. How we remember it as a family, how we remember it at Kids Club. And one of my goals this morning is that we would honor fathers is a congregation. Let me just tell you, fathers, I'm talking to you dads now, your impact on your children's lives is unmatched. Uh, you will have a greater impact in your children's lives than I as a pastor ever will have, than any teacher or coach will ever have, or an author or a movie star or some sports figure. Now, there certainly are exceptions to that, but the vast majority of cases, it's the, it's the case where a father's impact on the children is the greatest impact in the world. It, it behooves us for how we, we live. We want to acknowledge that and we want to honor you, fathers, as heads of your household, and we want to, to pray for you. Let me just pray. Oh Lord, I, I would pray, God, for these fathers. God, thank you for the, the role that they have undertaken, would pray that they would realize the seriousness of it, would pray that you would bless them and keep them and make your face shine upon them. I pray, O Lord, that you would be gracious to them, that you would lift up your countenance upon them, O God, that you would give them peace. 
I pray for these fathers, God, that they would be spiritual men, that they would know and love Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that their love for you may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment, so they may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus, having been filled with the fruit of righteousness which comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Father, I pray that you would open their eyes with the spirit of eyes of their heart, with the spirit of revelation into the knowledge of Him, so they might know the surpassing riches of your grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Father, I pray that according to your riches of your grace, that you would grant them to be strengthened with power in the inner man, that through your spirit, God, that Christ may dwell in their hearts through faith, being rooted and grounded in love, that they may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. May they be filled with the fullness of God. Father, I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray that your power would uphold them, that your wisdom would guide them. God, that your word would be their speech, that your hand would protect them, that your shield would be their shelter, that your angels would guard them from the ambush of devils, the allurement of the world, the traps of the flesh, and to all who wish them ill. I pray that Christ would be with them, beside them, in them, around them, above them, where they lie down, where they rise up, where they walk along the way, God, wherever they go. And Father, I pray for these fathers that you would complete your work in them. Father, I would pray that they might lead their homes with grace and truth. God, that you would give them the grace to deal kindly and gently with their children. Give them the truth to lead their children to the knowledge of Christ. Give them the courage to call their families to worship you in their homes. God, making their faith real and passing it on to their children as they disciple them in the knowledge of the Lord. God, grant that they would walk with you like Enoch, that they would believe like Abraham, that they would speak face to face with you like Moses did, that they would would pray like Daniel, that they would win victories like Gideon, that they would speak boldly like Elijah, worship you like David, that they would see you high and lifted up like Isaiah, that would carry the cross like Simon of Cyrene did, that they would follow you like the Apostle Paul, that in all ways, God, that you would help them and protect them and keep them and strengthen them till the day of Christ Jesus, whose name we pray. Amen. We pray for you, fathers. We want to honor you this day. But my exhortation is, is beyond that. I, I want to exhort the children here. Everyone has a dad. Now, some have dads they know, some have dads who have died, some have dads who live away. Everyone's circumstances are, are different, but I would encourage you children to spend some time today thinking about your dads and do something special for them. That's what honoring is. That's why we had them stand. That's why I prayed for them. I prayed them a well-thought-through prayer just to especially honor them, to, to make, make things special. May, maybe you can write a note to them. Maybe you can give a card to them. Um, Maybe you can serve them a special dessert that you make when dad's taking a nap or something. Maybe uh, you can give them a present. Uh, I received my present this morning. It was a happy Father's Day card. David thought it was hilarious, so I'll read it to you. 
time to catch up with the dads in our lives. Let us salute those men who mustered up the courage to meet all the challenges of fatherhood and who may or may not know how much we relish them in our lives. The least we can do is get off our buns and say to these rare and wonderful men, thanks for a job well done. Hope that wasn't too cheesy. Happy Father's Day. And it was signed here with all of our kids. So thank you for that. I feel very special. I feel very, very honored. Um, in our home, we have a, a tradition that we don't hold this as well as we should, but but we have special plates. Um, we we have we have white silverware, white white plates. But this is a special plate that people get to have, particularly on their birthday or on their half birthday or something's really special. And and if we remember, this plate would be mine today, which says, "You are special today, and you are special today." So whether it's like this or like this, I'll be able to see that we're, we're I'm special, right? And that's what Father's Day is about. It's a it's a, a special day in which we honor fathers. But my message this morning actually goes beyond our fathers. And when I read our text, I, I trust you'll see what I mean. If you haven't done so already, I invite you to take your Bibles, open them to Romans chapter 12. We're going to look at one verse. We're going to look at verse 10. Actually, we're going to look at half of a verse. We're going to look at the second half of verse 10. So our text is Romans 12, verse 10b, which simply says this, Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now that's one, two, three, one, two, three, four, six words. I think we can memorize it. All right, let's all say it together. Outdo one another in showing honor. Let's say it again. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Okay, so you can shut your Bible now. Okay? Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Outdo one another in showing honor. Who thinks I've got it memorized and can stay it? Steffi, would you stand up and just say it loud for everybody? Outdo one another in showing honor. Go ahead. This is what we do in our family worship. Go ahead. Good. Who else? Who else got it memorized? Yes. Go ahead, Ruthie. Stand up, real loud. Outdo one another by showing honor in showing honor. What does it say? Uh, outdo one another. Where am I? Uh, I'm here. I in showing honor. You're exactly right. Who else got it? Outdo one another in showing honor. Okay, Rich, you got it. Can you say it, Rich Garden? You're scratching your head. I thought you said, I got it. Go ahead. Stand up. Stand up. Wonderful. How about, how about one of the women? Michelle Gonnering. Can you stand up and say it? Okay, good. We, we got it. All right. We can go home now because we have that. Um, and I trust that you can see that this honor goes beyond fathers. Because the whole context of this command comes in the context of body life of a church. I just want to read now verses 9 through the end of the chapter. Just so you see how how filled it is with body life. Let love be genuine. 
Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Just a splattering of, of commands to the body. Of just all of us, we should, we should be like this. We should do like this. And we should honor others. And that goes just beyond fathers. It flows, by the way, catching the whole kind. It flows from the mercies of God. Romans 12.1 I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. This is what it means to devote yourself wholly to God. This is what it means not to be conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. To present your bodies to the Lord and discerning what is good and acceptable and perfect in God's will. And in other words, right, to live this way all flows from the mercies of God. That's the argument of Romans. Eleven chapters of, of God's mercy and His grace, His salvation, His gospel. And then 12 through 16, five chapters about how to live as a result of that. And I just say, church family, let, let's not ever forget the mercies of God. The chapters 1 through 3 of, of Romans, we, we are sinners. We fall short of the glory of God. But four and five, we can believe and trust. And if we believe God like Abraham, our faith will be accounted to us as righteousness. And, and, and it will lead us to a, a, a righteous life. How shall you who died to sin still live in it? Chapter six, struggles though there may be. Chapter seven, we can rest secure that chapter eight, we are secure, wrestling safely in the arms of God's everlasting love. And he is powerful and sovereign over all things, nine through 11. Therefore, in light of the mercies of God, live this way. So let, let's not take my message this morning as, as mere moralism, as mere something that we just need to do or, or an effort to show honor to one another, but realize this flows from the mercies of God. And it's God's mercy in us that brings us to a place where we ought to honor one another. And my hope is that my message this morning would lead us all to be people who would honor one another. And, and Naturally, my message this morning is entitled, Honor One Another. This is in step with our sermon series this summer. We've been looking through the one another's before we hit Romans in the fall. Um, But my vision, my aim this summer is that we catch a vision for everything that God calls us to be. And this summer, we've been just looking at different one another's, been kind of just picking up a different one each week, and I'll... I'll, I'll run out of weeks before we'll run out of one another's. I'm just kind of picking some that I think would be helpful to us, and with Father's Day, I thought... Honor one another would be helpful. 
But we've seen encourage one another, addressing our words, how we speak with one another, seeking to build one another up with our words. We've looked at praying for one another, addressing our words not to each other, but our words to God and how He calls us to intercede for others by name on their behalf. We've looked at the command to serve one another. It's addressing our actions, and we should take a role of a servant towards other people. We've looked at the command to love one another. It speaks about our attitude of our hearts towards others, which was certainly flows into how we interact with our neighbors and our friends and our families. And last week, we looked at the command to show hospitality to one another, addressing our role towards strangers. And we should, we should love strangers and welcome them into our lives. This morning, we're looking at another command, honor one another. It comes right here in Romans 12, verse 10b. Outdo one another in showing honor. Now, if you're particularly observant, you'll see that technically, Paul doesn't say honor one another. Okay, technically, the verb is different. In the ESV, the verb is this, outdo one another. In the NAS, the New American Standard, it reads like this, give preference to one another. Both these translations do a good job of translating the Greek, meaning that it's not honor one another, but it's, 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 it's outdo people in honoring, or, or give preference, or even a good literal translation might be this, lead the way in showing honor. Lead the way in honor. And I love, then, the way that the ESV puts it. Outdo one another in showing honor. So it's almost like that old song. I can do anything you can do. So what's that last one? I can do anything you can do better. I can do better. So if you're honoring someone, I can outdo you. And then you do it, and then someone says, what? I can do anything you can do better. No, you can't. Yes, you can. No, I can't. Yes, I can. And you go ahead and you do something better and we outdo one another in honor. Now, I think one of the reasons why it's said this way of of outdoing one another and and leading the way and seeking to be first place is because that's the nature of the word honor. I mean, that's what honor is about. Um, Ephesians 6, children, be obedient to your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And because it's the first command with a promise, which is honor your father and mother. So which do you think is a, is a higher priority? Which do you think is a, is a higher call? To obey your parents or to honor your parents? Okay, I'll answer my question. Thank you. Uh, obeying, I think, is here. I think honoring encapsulates everything. Because if you honor your parents, you will obey. Because honoring comes with a, a submission, comes with a, a recognition, comes with an, an affirmation, comes with a, a value in their words. You will heed their words. You will obey with the right attitude, with the right heart, in a right way. That's so honor, I think, is, is bigger and it, it's, it's better than just mere obedience. You can obey and not honor, but you cannot honor and not obey. Because obedience. Honoring is really, really higher. And my aim this morning is that we would have such a congregation where we would compete with each other about, about having... Let me be the one who honors the most. Let me honor other people the most. We want to outdo one another in showing honor. Now see, when I was growing up at our home at our dinner table, um, my, my dad taught us this tradition, which is a... It's a good tradition. Sadly, we have not done this so well at our house. Um, but it has to do with mealtime. 
We all gathered for our meals. For, we always ate together. We still eat together in our, our house. But the men, when, when they would come to dinner, would stand and would wait for the ladies to be seated or would go and help. Or sometimes even, if you want to be really special, you would help seat your daughter or help seat your mother. But only when all the ladies are seated, then could the men sit down. So my brother and I, we played this game sometimes, okay? And um, what, what we would do is once all the ladies would seat him down, and then, uh, because see, the ladies have to sit first, and then, and then the men, see? And so sometimes we would, I want to see if the lady sat down, I want to see if my brother sat down first, right? Because if he sat down, then I say, yes, like, ladies first, right? And so sometimes we would, we, would, we, would, we would do this, right? And what are we trying to do? We're trying to outdo one another in, in honor, sort, sort of. We're trying to, <laughs> actually, we're kind of shaming, shaming each other, calling each other ladies. But it was kind of, it was kind of fun back then. And, 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 and then sometimes, like, if you lose, and you go, oh, man. Then you, oh, I'm, and and we'd, we'd do this. And then he'd get up, and he'd do that, and then I would do this. And like, oh, oh, there's a lady, and you're sitting down. I need, to, I need to make sure I'm standing up. And we would... We would do this a lot. And so we, we played that game, and it's kind of a, a silly game. And uh, I know that none of you will, will do that in your house, except, except um, David in recent days has understood that ladies go first through the door. And so we've been walking downstairs sometimes, and he, he stops, and he says, ladies first. <laughs> so that spirit of, of outdoing one another in honor is alive and well in the Brandon household. But that's the spirit of the silliness of what we want to do with, with all seriousness, though, of Romans 12, verse 10. We want to outdo one another in showing honor. We should lead the way. We, we should be in first place. This is a competition for all of us. A healthy competition. Now, see, there can be unhealthy competition, but this is a, a healthy competition in the best sense of the word to see who is the one who can give the greatest honor. And I'm praying, I'm hoping, as a result of this message, there'd be healthy competition to, be, to see who would be the last one served in our fellowship meals together. I'm like, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, at some point, it's common courtesy to kind of give in. Um, but in some cultures, it's not so common courtesy. I remember a professor of mine in seminary who grew up as a missionary in Africa. He talked about how men would, would stand for an hour at a time just waiting for the other one to bend, waiting for the other one to, to give in. So that's, we're Americans, right? We've got we to get things done. But there can be sort of this spirit about you go, no, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, and, and, and let it end someplace, right? Maybe in humility say, okay, I admit that you're better at honoring me than I am. I guess I will go first. But I would love for that sort of honor to, battle honor to take place at our church or or maybe there'd be a healthy competition among us that, that when we're walking outside, and this may here or at a store with your family, that, that you would take those last few steps running up fast so you can open the door. And so you always be the one to take those last steps. Now, if you start sprinting 50 yards away, okay, I think you've kind of missed it. That's kind of silly. But, but just those last few steps, maybe as you're walking up, right, figure out where's the place that I can get to that door because I'm the one who wants to open that door. For you, we had an illustration of that we went to Nepal and India recently, and this always happens like this. And you, you know what it's about. Avan and I, we got our backpack and our luggage, and they would not let us carry our luggage or our backpacks. And these guys would be oh, big and overloaded, and they, we couldn't have any of that. 
It's only them who would take that because they wanted to honor us by relieving our load. Or maybe they think that we're like these weak Americans or something. I, I don't know. But, but they want to weaken our load. And there's this, there's this, this healthy competition or maybe a, a healthy competition to see who it is who can speak most highly of other people in the presence of others. I mean, isn't that what honoring is? Honoring is in the presence of others, in a public way, lifting someone else up. Right? It's the, the seats of honor that the Pharisees loved to have. It was in this public forum, in this public place. And we would have a competition to see who it is that, that speaks more highly of others in a public place, or there'd be a healthy competition to see the one who shows the greatest respect for other people. Children, here's an opportunity for you, maybe to have a, a competition among yourselves to see who's the last one to get snacks. I see your kids all rush to get the snacks, but honoring one another would be here. Why don't you, you go in front of me? Or maybe the treasures. Bending and letting others go first, meaning that you're more important than I am. I want to let you go before me. And that's why honoring looks a lot like love, doesn't it? To, to say, no, you go first because I want what's best for you. And that's, that's a loving thing to do. It's treating others like you would like to be treated. It's the golden rule. Jesus said in Matthew seven twelve, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. And we looked at love one another. Law, love is the law and the prophets. So the golden rule of love is do to others you would have them do to you. Which looks a lot like honoring. But Paul didn't say outdo one another in love. Oh, he did say that in the first half of verse 10. right? Love one another with brotherly affection. In verse 9, let love be genuine. But, but here he didn't. He said outdo one another in honor. So I think there's a distinction between love and honor. Though there's lots of overlap and, and love can be honor and, and honor can be love. But he said, give preference to one another in honor. Now, that sounds a lot like humility as well. Of being other-centered. Letting others take the, the higher role. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, Paul wrote, Do nothing from selfish ambition or empty conceit, but in humility count others more important than yourselves. And indeed, honor is an expression of humility. But Paul didn't say, give preference to one another in honor, or outdo one another in humility, rather. He said, in honor. So, so what does that mean? What does it mean to honor one another? Well, at the root meaning of the word for honor is, is value. It's to value. So, so in other words, you want to value somebody. It, it means something, or it means someone is precious or costly are highly valued to you. In fact, so valued to you that you want the best for that person and not necessarily your, yourselves. And I think honoring someone is, is publicly letting people know how much you value and prize and treasure another person. I mean, is that not what we do when we honor God? Right? We are, are publicly displaying to all that, that God is great and, and worthy of praise. Uh, do you remember the, the scenes of worship in Revelation in chapter 4, 5, and in, in chapter 7? Just listen to them again, and listening for this word honor. 
Revelation 4.9, and, and whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who is seated on the throne and worship Him who lives forever and ever, and they cast their, throne, their crowns before the throne saying, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. God is worthy to receive our glory and our honor and our power. Or when, when God the Father is seated right there, and, and, and Christ the Son is seated right next to Him, myriads of angels, Revelation 5.12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and riches, and wisdom, and might, and honor, and glory, and blessing. This is everybody. These are the angels saying, Christ is worthy of honor, publicly telling people of that. And all creation gets into it. To Him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might forever and ever. Amen. And in Revelation 7, when the multitude appears, people from every tribe and tongue and nation, and no one can count, and all these, these people are here, these, these risen saints, these resurrected bodies, these ones who have been taken from the earth, says, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. That's what honoring is. Honoring is worshiping God. It is showing people how much you value God. Now, honor can be used in different ways, but there it is, taking the treasure, taking the costly aspect of it. We can, we can honor God when we give. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. There it is, right? Honor the Lord with your wealth. Give, give what is valuable and precious to you. Give it to God. And that's honoring God because you want Him to have what's valuable to you more than you want it yourself because you want to honor Him. It's what honor towards God is. Now, honor towards others is different. Okay? We don't worship others like we worship God, but you just need to take that. It means, means lifting God high and making Him great. Honoring others is a way of lifting others up and making them great in people's eyes. <clears throat> I think the best picture of this would be the awards banquet. Picture with me an awards banquet. Right? Many people have gathered. Parents, grandparents, siblings, coaches, and everybody is there. They, they've gathered around to celebrate. So maybe it's the end of a sports season. Or maybe it's a, a theater production that has gone well. Or maybe it's the end of a school year where there's some academic awards being given. And those who've risen to the occasion, who've played better than anyone else on the team, who've acted better on the stage perhaps, or who have scored better than others on the tests, well, they will be honored among all. Their achievements will be paraded before everyone, the, the, the basketball coach will get up there and say, Jim, Jim is a great player for us this year. And, and in fact, uh, he led our team in scoring. He was second in rebounding. He led the league in free throw shooting and was named all conference. He's our MVP. Come up here, Jim. And so everyone claps, comes up, Jim, and he congratulates him. And, and sometimes a, an award is given, maybe a, a trophy. 
maybe some sort of certificate, uh, something is given of, of an expression of honor, of, of thanks or commendation to this basketball player. Sometimes there are financial rewards in an academic setting. So-and-so scored a perfect ACT score, and so there's a, there's a financial scholarship uh, attached to that. Sometimes trophies are given. Uh, often, though, certificates are given with the recognition of a job well done. Now, now, sometimes in banquets, it's just the few that get the awards and everyone else sits there. I, um, Hannah had her soccer banquet recently, um, and uh, her coach, Kevin Obie, is a wonderful man. And one of the things I really appreciate about him, he, he took the freshman. He says, okay, let's have the freshman. There was only one of them, but let's have the, the freshman girl come up. And he talked about her and her strengths and how she improved and what good she did for the team. And then he brought the sophomores up there. And I'm not sure there were 10 sophomores. I'm not sure a lot. And he went through every single one of them, called them by name, identified them, said what he appreciated about them, and said how they improved or how they got better or what they did or their contribution to the team. And so what was very interesting at that awards ceremony, everyone got an award. And the award was simply the coach singing the praise of the girl on the team, but everyone got an award. And there were those who were all conference who, you know, got some great award. They got, they got more, but everyone was spoken about. And then the captains of the team gave a fun award to every single player. And that was really, that was really fun. It's a way to honor. And, and what they did is they really thought through and thought, thought some funny things about, about them. And just a way to lift up all the girls and honor them. That, I think, is what honoring means. Just think awards banquet. Now, that doesn't mean you've got to wait till we have an awards banquet at, at church, okay, where we can have everybody up and you're, you're talking about everybody, uh, where a large crowd is gathered. You realize you can, you can do it today. After the service, you can have your little old, your little award ceremony, right, where it's, it's you and the one you want to honor and the crowd, and the crowd just happens to be one person. So you've got, you got three people kind of all, all standing there, and you can point out talents, you can point out character, you can point out actions or, or attitudes or, or something you noticed. You can find something to commend most everybody with, right? And, and, and so, for example, right, it's role play a bit. It's after service. You're hanging around, three of us in conversation, right? It's, it's me, and it's Ernie, and it's Bert, okay? And so I'm talking to Bert about Ernie, and I say, you know, you know, Bert, I, I really love the way Ernie laughs. <laughs> when he laughs, he makes me laugh, and, and he is, he's joyful. He says the joyful, just God has so filled him with joy in fact, Ernie knows Scripture. He speaks a lot about Scripture. And even, even when things are hard, he's just always trusting in the Lord, like, like that song we, we sang, Troubles Overtake. I, I forget the words. We need to sing that more before I totally memorize it. But just even whatever comes, the providence comes, I'm going to trust and rest in you. And, and Bert, you know what? Ernie, Ernie really does that. And um, he has a tender heart towards God. I really, really appreciate that and the, the way he deals with his children. So gentle and so loving. I, I, I appreciate just his, his kindness. In fact, just, you know, the other day I, I was, uh, saw something. It wasn't here at church. I happened to be. He didn't see me, but I saw him just extending kindness to someone in this way. I just, 
That's my friend Ernie, Bert. And what have you done? You have just honored Ernie in the presence of Bert. Now, that way of honoring there is a lot like encouraging one another, building one another. But you can encourage one another, build one up with an audience of two, just you and the person you're building up. I think honoring requires a bigger audience, three, four, ten, or, or a thousand. But I think that such a conversation is very honoring. Right? And, and, and do you know that when we honor people like this, we're striking at the very heart of God? Because this is what God does with His people. Psalm 84, verse 11. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. The Lord gives favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk uprightly. So God's a sun, providing warmth, providing life. He's a shield, providing protection. He gives favor and honor. And those who walk uprightly, He doesn't withhold any good thing. Psalm 84, 11. That's what it says. Or Psalm 91, verse 15. When he calls upon me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. It's talking about someone who's in a difficult circumstance. Psalm 91, right? Just speaks about God covering in the shadow of the everlasting arms. God has us. He's going to protect us. He's going to keep us. And he's he's going to do that with those who call upon him. He's going to take them, protect them, rescue them, and honor them. Help them. Lift them up before others. Though people would be shamed. Oh, are you following God? He's not, he's not going to protect you. Oh, yes, I will. Here, I'm going to honor you. I'm going to protect you. Psalm 149, verses 4 through 9. The Lord takes pleasure in His people. And He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the godly exult in glory and let them sing for joy on their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their throats and two-edged swords on their hands to execute vengeance on the nations and punishments on the people, to bind the kings with chains and the nobles with fetters of irons, to execute on them the judgment written. This is honor for all his godly ones. What God's going to do? Of course, that was in the theocratic time when they're, they're fighting for the nation, but, but God says, I'm going to honor him. I'm going to protect him. I'm going to prosper him. That's what God does. God lifts His people. He protects us. God honored His Son at the baptism. Remember when Jesus came up out of the water? A voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son. That is honoring to Jesus. He even said, I am well pleased in Him. Letting everybody know, all those who watched, that God the Father was pleased with God the Son. So let's outdo one another in showing honor. I've been thinking recently about weddings, not as much as other people, like this guy right here. I've been thinking about weddings, though, and thinking about honor. Is not a wedding an honor fest? What are you trying to do at a wedding? You're trying first and foremost to honor God in all that you do. Secondly, why do you come to a wedding? Right? Because you want to honor the couple. And, and what's the couple seeking to do at the wedding? Are they not trying to honor you back? What do you do oftentimes? You bring gifts, right? You bring things of value to give. And they give back. And the whole thing should be an honor fest. 
Yes, it's a party, but it's a party in the Lord, seeking honor in every way. And I, and I just pray, church family, that we would outdo one another in showing honor. And this wasn't just Paul in Romans. Let's, let's turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 2. With this, we will close. Just shows you some more um, exhaustive statements about how we should be honoring to one another. And particularly, this presidential season, what a, a timely word this is. 1 Peter 2. Verses 13 through 17. Peter says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing right, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Here it is, verse 16. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. So we just see the the similar sort of command in verse 17, right? To honor everyone. There there ought to be the way we walk. We are free people, right? Verse 16 applies to Americans more than it applies to almost any other nation, that we are free people. But don't use your freedom as a cover-up for evil, which is where our society is going down the pits because we have so much freedom, right, that, that things are going bad. But use your freedom as an opportunity for good and honor everyone. So honor the, the lady at Walmart. Right, Betty? That'd be a good thing to honor the lady at Walmart. That'd be a really good thing, right? And to honor your teacher. Right? That'd be a good thing, Mr. Brown, right? If all your students would, would honor you, right? And honor your fellow workers, and honor your neighbors. And that we would have a reputation as being people who just, just honor others, are always encouraging, are always lifting up, are always um, identifying those evidence of grace we see in people and, and just being fair and gracious and, and showing people value. You say, I don't, I don't even know. Well, 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 consider this. Even a stranger is made in the image of God. Oftentimes there's something there that you can identify that you can, you can lift them up and, and honor them. It says, honor everyone. And, and, and this, means, this means everyone. Love the brotherhood. That's a focus there upon Christians and believers in the church, right? Love the believers in the church. Of course, fear God. But here it is another. Honor the emperor. That is a shocking statement because of who the emperor was. Do you know who the emperor was at this time? Nero. You know anything about Nero? He was a cruel despot. Um, Saddam Hussein would be pretty close to that. Okay, Someone who's ruling over his people, or Assad, someone who's ruling over his people with an iron fist in an evil way, chemical warfare. Uh, I mean, he was burning Christians, so maybe that's chemical warfare. But antagonistic against Christians. And what does Peter say? He says, there is this, this, um, this institution that God has set up. It's called government. And they watch over us. And we need to be subject to the government. And we need to honor Nero. Case in point with us. We need to honor our president. Now, there are many anti-Christian things that our president has done these last seven years. And maybe the next president, the next president will do very dishonoring things. All right? 
we need to honor our president, just even for where he is or what location it is. And I just say, be careful online. Be careful online. Be careful. We just need to be people who, as it is, honor the emperor. And that goes how far, that shows just how far it is, this command to honor one another. And, and my hope and prayer for us, the church body, is that we would simply outdo one another. We'd all be about giving honor to people when honors do. Now, you might have to search really hard to figure out. Maybe you don't overflow them with honor, but there needs to be respect and honor for all people. So let's pray. Father, I pray that we would learn from Daniel, who, though subjugated to Nebuchadnezzar, who was no friend to Israel, um, God was, was forced to eat the king's food God, which Daniel had never eaten and would, would be against his conscience, how gracious he was to honor those over him and to seek for a change in meal and to negotiate with them. What a, a great picture of honor that Daniel was. And Father, would, would pray for us that we, in the midst of our, of our society, which is calling good evil and is calling evil good, God, it wasn't as bad as it was during those days of Peter. It wasn't as bad as it was in the days of Paul, who was going to Rome, and as tradition has it, has lost his head in Rome. And Father, so I pray that you would help us, God, to honor those outside the church. But especially, God, I pray that you would give us fit reason to honor those inside the church as well. God, to lift people high and to commend them in the face of others, in the sight of others. Lord, I pray for this healthy competition. Lord, I pray that it would take place and that that we would be appropriately humble, God, but appropriately honorable to other people. Um, So, Father, help us with these things. God, show us your your grace and mercy. Help us as we go through the summer and even next week we talk about forgiving one another. Father, would pray that, that these things would be true of us that you would form within us a body of, of those who are following after the one another's, that people would come and see it and taste it and come to love it, come to know it, and that we would brace others in, showing hospitality to them, loving them, serving them, building them up, that this would be a haven and a refuge, God, amidst all the difficulty and chaos and hardship in the world. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.